0: Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. Now that we've not only concluded the part of the Seder that focuses on the past, on the Exodus from Egypt, we've already begun to focus on the future. And we've poured the cup for Elijah, and now we also complete the series of Psalms called Hallel, the Psalms of Praise, If you remember, at the beginning of the Seder, we said the first part of Hallel, and now we say the second part of Hallel. And the reason why it's split into two is because the Seder focuses on two events, the past, that's the first part of Hallel, and the future, the Hallel, the praise for the future. We don't just praise God after he does us the things that we are grateful for. We praise him for the things that he is going to do for us, even before he does it. And that's what generates the future. So the second part of Hallel that we say near the end of the Seder is about the future. Now there are two reasons given for the need to praise God. Why do we have to praise God? God doesn't need our praises. So there are two answers given, two classic answers. One answer given by Maimonides and others is that God, of course, doesn't need our praise, but we need it. We have to know God's greatness. We have to be aware of God's beneficence. We have to be aware of God's kindness and compassion because that makes us more godly. That makes us more appreciative. That's one reason. But then there's another reason. Just like with human beings who are modeled after the spiritual realms, when you praise someone for something, not only do they feel good about it, but it helps them to reveal hidden powers. If you, if you praise a child, say the child is really very smart, if the child has that potential, the praise will help elicit that. The praise is what makes hidden things out into the open, revealing the hidden. So the first, it's, it could be suggested that the first part of the seder, the focus is on getting out of Egypt, and expressing our praise for God so that we appreciate what the Exodus did for us. But when we're dealing with the future, things that did not yet happen, we're not praising God for something that he already did. We want to reveal the future, reveal the hidden forces and dimensions that will be revealed in the coming with the coming of Mashiach. And that's the second part of Hallel. That's what helps us reveal the future. And then we come to the final step of the Haggadah, Nirza. It's accepted. God accepts our seder. But there's nothing that we do for Nirtza. What is it that happens there? So to understand that, we have to preface a concept that's explained in Hasidic thought, that there are three levels in our association with God. There are times that God inspires us, Before, we're inspired, but we reciprocate. Once we're inspired, all of a sudden, a person wakes up in the morning and they feel motivated to do something, to pray, to study Torah, to do a mitzvah. They could be walking down the street and they feel a motivation to become a better person. That's an arousal from above, in the words of the Zohar, the principal work of Kabbalah. And that engenders an arousal from below. But As a result of our arousal from below, God reciprocates another arousal from above that is consistent with, commensurate with, the arousal from below. So now we have both an arousal that came of its own accord, without our preparation. Then we have our participation, our contribution that engenders another divine response. Now we have a perfect situation in which a third arousal from above is able to be revealed, because it's a complete place; it's a perfect landing space. In other words, we don't really, we can't generate that arousal from above, that spiritual energy from above. But we can only it can only happen of its own accord once we create a perfect atmosphere. I like to use this analogy. There's a place that's stricken with uh, all sorts of natural catastrophes and there's a shortage of food and and, and water. And a plane is trying to land with the supplies, but the whole terrain is rocky. It can't land. And all of a sudden, someone clears out an area, and there's smooth landing, and the plane lands, and the food is distributed, and everyone survives. What are people going to say? The smooth landing, providing them with food? No. The smooth landing just removed the impediments to the plane coming down from wherever it originated. Same thing is true in the way God relates to us. There are times that God wants to give us such sublime gifts, and there's nothing we can do to earn that so, God does it on his own accord, but he needs to remove the rocky terrain from our midst. And how do we remove the rocky terrain? By responding to God's call when we feel inspired, especially in a holiday, we feel inspired and we reciprocate. And then God makes us even more inspired. So, we have the combination of God's inspiration and our own response to it. That creates a smooth landing place, and God is willing to give us something that is unimaginable. And what could that possibly be? As we conclude the Seder with the words, Lishana haba b'Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. And as the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe said, it doesn't mean we have to wait a full year. It means that by the time next year rolls around and we're going to be celebrating Passover, we will have already arrived in Jerusalem with the rebuilding of the Third Temple. In some editions of the Haggadah, there's another phrase, three-word phrase, Chasal seder Pesach. The order, the seder of Passover, has concluded. Chabad custom does not have that, and the reason given is because the seder, the Passover experience, never ends. While every holiday leaves us inspired and there's always some inspiration, residual inspiration that lingers on, Passover is a continuous process. Because every day of the year, we have to work on getting out of Mitzrayim, out of that which constricts us, conceals our potential, and keeps us in exile. Every day, we remember the Exodus. So Passover continues throughout the year. Everyone should have, as the traditional blessing, a kosher and happy Passover. Kosher means we should be able to do everything right by eating the matzah properly, not eating any chametz, God forbid, and it should be in a a joyous, inspirational manner. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.